0: Hello! Let's get it. Yo, Welcome yo, yo. back. We're sitting here with Mr. John Burns, a.k.a. Centaur Noir. How are you, sir? Hello. Good. Good. Yeah, thank you for being here. Yeah. But uh, if you do not know, he is an artist and musician, and he has an upcoming debut, or what would you say? Uh, uh, art opening, art, art show. O- hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Where's that at? It's at uh, DeSoto Studio in Rock Island, 2324 3rd Avenue. Hell yeah. Opening on the 2nd, right? Yep, Friday, August 2nd from 6 to 9. Hell yeah. Is it just free for those things? Yeah, you know, it's free and there's, we usually just have like, you know, some snacks and beer and wine and pretty casual kind of thing you know so you're gonna get up there and you gotta give a speech or something or? you know s- sometimes people give speeches but I, I don't really think I'm going to like hey thanks for coming so just look at the walls that you'll see the stuff I've been to some where yeah like the artists will get up and kind of like do like give a whole speech about their method and like sometimes it gets pretty long winded yeah where it's just like
1: alright right cool <laughs> <This era. laughs> since i'm just hearing of this is there gonna be like is it just your work uh for this show yeah it's
0: just my work nice it's, uh, desoto's it's kind of a newer place they've the f- first show they did was like three months ago but they're gonna start doing more like every month i think is going to be kind of a new artist that's and cool. then they i think they might do like some group shows okay. at some
1: point but that's awesome so you got a lot a good amount of work then right
0: yeah, you know, it's I've been working on a couple of different series of works that I'm going to f- display in different different ways kind of. So it's going to be a combination of some prints and some drawings and then some bigger sized paintings and there's a bunch of different little stuff kind of. Nice. Is everything for sale? Uh yeah, most everything's going to be for sale. I'm doing kind of one, one of the pieces is going to be kind of this big installation uh of like a series of portraits it's for, from the portraits for choice series i've been doing but it's just going to be like a, a interactive sort of installation where i'm going to print out just black and white versions of it and then have like a bunch of markers and stuff sitting there so people can come in and like color mm. their own so that that i won't won't sell that but everything else yeah it'll kind of be for sale i I gotta go go do some coloring and shit yeah it's right. it should be fun it's it's you know they're they're usually pretty relaxed kind of vibes the art openings around here so it's just like
1: people hanging out and nice you got you know, any soft music playing in the background yeah well, there'll be some soft music
0: yeah some you know some different stuff I, I think uh. I might have somebody DJ, but I, I might just make a playlist and or just nice. play your music too. Play some the full effect. That might be kind <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: of weird. Yeah, I thinking guy. about that. Yeah. <laughs> really? they don't have to know <laughs> the goal music. of this guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! And how many? Do you know how many pieces you got there? Yeah. Uh, well, it's gonna be probably you know like five or six large canvases, and then some smaller canvas pieces and then a series of like little framed uh drawing prints type things so you know i mean it's going to be f- you know f- probably 30 or more pieces wow. so I, you know i'm kind of just trying to fill the whole area so we'll wow. see i have a I, you know if if i can't fill it up i have other pieces that i can bring in and, and put up too so but i'm trying to kind of have it be all new stuff so yeah what is like how far back do these pieces go uh just this last year you know even just the last six months probably cool, wow. cool. you know like you know f- uh, a good deal of them like the last couple weeks you know yeah <laughs> so, oh, yeah yeah i'm definitely kind of in that realm of sort of waiting till the last minute and then cramming a bunch of work in but you know some of the the paintings I've been working on are kind of like this slow process of like building up uh, the colors and the stripes and textures and stuff so I slowly sort of work on stuff and as I'm like working on other stuff and multitasking you know like uh you know because it's nice to I do music and art so it's like I can kind of go back and forth between different stuff so nothing i don't get too burnt out on on
1: any right right. yeah yeah. i feel like maybe when you hit a creative wave on one spectrum or one uh you know on music maybe and then the next week maybe you're on that because that sounds like a lot to i mean for you said a year to six months or to uh yeah you know i mean it's about six months i've been
0: working on most of the stuff that's Because the QC icons is a big part of it, which are just, uh, just started as a sort of, the idea was to do a big mural type piece of like all Mm. these newer kind of uh, famous people from the Quad Cities, like a lot of, a lot of it's like entertainment industry people, musicians and athletes and just notable people from around here. Uh, The idea of doing like a big collage of them, but, so I'm going to do, I'm going to have, you know, there are they're all single portraits that i did that uh, the originals will be for sale and then i'm gonna do a big like a uh, collage of them all that i'm working mm-hmm. on like a big painting and then uh i'm gonna put together like a coloring book
1: oh uh-huh. okay too.
0: and uh you know a lot of the proceeds i'm gonna donate to uh, family resources in the quad cities so nice hell yeah yeah so you drew doing this uh one of it is the icons with all the famous people. Then weren't you doing something with like uh, documenting like old signage or something too? Uh, yeah. Well, part the other part of the, I, I've that's a, uh, photography series I've done, and I I recently posted that album, reposted it on my Facebook. But that's from a couple years ago that I okay. did. Uh, it's just uh, you know I. I I walk around a lot and like you know uh, take photos like street photography sort of you know like because you know like you, you, there's walking around places in a city it's like you get the chance to s- everything slows down you get a chance to see a lot of things that you wouldn't notice if you were driving by you know right. so, mm-hmm. so I do a lot of photography like that where I'm just walking around kind of doing stuff so i I had that idea of doing like you know because i'm a big fan of like uh hand-painted signs Mm. like you know so like older sort of you know like sort of like hand-painted window signs you know and, and just you know just local locally local business signs and stuff like that you know like uh you know i always like remember being fond of certain ones growing up you know and like fond of like sort of the design of it and so i started documenting them just because uh you know, and since I've done it, a, a bunch of them have, have gotten replaced or torn down or whatever. So it's, mm. I think it's just a cool kind of way to document a history of of a city and and neighborhoods. You know, so mm-hmm. but that's something I did a while ago. I'm, I'm working on. I've been collecting a bunch of photos of signs in Rock Island. So the next one's going to be signs Rock Island. But I've never shown any of those. They were just stuff that I posted online, mm. and they're just kind of like archival photos. But uh, the yeah, the other half of the one other part of the show at DeSoto's uh, Quad City Landmarks, which mm. I'm doing like, those are some of the bigger paintings I'm doing, which they're gonna be, uh, you know, like I'm doing one at the courthouse, uh, one of the old uh, train depot that was down mm. in Moline that they, they had moved it from somewhere to down right by the, by the bridge, and then they had All to right. tear it down recently because it was in the way of where they're building the new bridge. You know, so uh, I'm doing that, and then I'm gonna do one of kind of the bridge, the old I-74 bridge that eventually will be gone. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and that's just kind of just to pay an homage to like, you know, important structures in the Quad Cities kind of, you know.
1: That's cool as hell, yeah.
0: So I I thought it kind of went hand in hand with the QC icons as far as sort of a documentation of Quad City history or whatever. Yeah. I like the old bridge, how it's green yeah it's cool it's a cool bridge <laughs> no, the new one's just white yeah the new one's kind of yeah. kind of boring we'll see it'll be nice the lanes and shit i guess yeah well i like they're gonna have pedestrian traffic on. that'll be so awesome that's gonna be really oh they cool will because yeah, yeah, yeah nice. Nice. Okay. you know because to ride your bike or walk over to iowa you gotta go you know if you're All from london your you gotta go clear over and kind of you know to get you yep. back around so it'll, it'll be cool to be able to to do that for sure did you hear about how there was like a uh, like in the pillar of that bridge there's like a underground like those offices and rooms yeah, and shit yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw that article Yeah, yeah. Like they had an article in the newspaper <laughs> with all the pictures where it was like, like a little like bunkhouse <laughs> like. yeah I think yeah like because of the workers and shit back when it used to be a toll bridge and stuff they had the break room and offices and all that and then I heard other people were like in the past trying to like do something with that space like someone wanted to like turn it into like a restaurant or something <laughs> that was accessible by boat or something weird like I don't know it'd be (laughs) interesting they'd probably shut him down real quick like that's a little too out there (laughs) (laughs) yeah regulations he's he's at like a city meeting he's like stay with me now (laughs) this is my vision (laughs) hear me out we're gonna have we're gonna be able to bungee jump off (laughs) the yeah (laughs) yeah right (laughs) I was thinking what if they tear down the bridge but leave the pillar thing with the rooms and shit and you could just
1: buy that and turn it into your house only accessible by boat. Kind of rad unless, like, a barge fucking <laughs> jammed into it. That's uh, sturdy. It'll take out the barge before <laughs> it yeah. maybe. But, yeah, I don't know. So,
0: where did you get the name Centaur Noir? Uh, you know, I just kind of... I think it started with the idea of noir, you know? Uh, just sort of, you know, the type of film and writing, you know, that dark sort of uh, mysterious sort of uh, you know old like detective sort of film noir and And venetian blinds and shit Uh, yeah and I just liked the way and I don't know I just I liked the way words work so I thought it was like a cool kind of uh, juxtaposition of words you know so you know I don't know I was just kind of trying to you know, it was one of like a list of probably like a hundred different ideas that, like, you know, <laughs> you're just like writing in a notebook mm-hmm. and trying to like figure out something that uh, is Googleable. You know, you don't want yeah. a, a band name that's not Googleable. Yeah. You know, uh, you want you want people to be able to type it in and uh, and that's and that's all the only thing that comes up. Right. so Yeah. Yeah. I figured that was that was good. You know. Yeah. So. Definitely. And I, you know, I like old mythology and weird stuff like that. So. Hell yeah! How long have you uh, been running with that name? Uh, quite a while now. It start the project started out uh, as just acoustic songs. I was writing uh, back in, you know, probably like two thousand four. Mm. We so I was in a band called Meth and Goats. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know we f- so I, I sang in that band, but so we we rented a house over in Davenport, right across the street from Greatest Grains, and so I just i like our drummer used to live there and like with his wife and they moved out and the rent was so cheap that we just continued to rent there as a band with a couple other musician friends. And our drummer at the time had a recording studio in there. So we just, it was kind of just this chill pad house party house that we called the meth lab which was probably <laughs> probably not the best name for a place that you're like
1: partying all the time I've, but uh, i've wondered where did meth and goats that name come from i know it's old older uh but. you know it was something that i th- you know i th- if i remember right
0: is our bass player talbot came up was something he just like s- randomly said it was one of those things where like you say it, for some reason it came up in conversation and it, somebody said a phrase and you're right. like that'd be a cool yeah, band right, name right, yeah. and we were like that'd be a cool band name and nobody had
1: the you know the foresight to be like
0: no don't <laughs> do that <laughs> that's a pretty uh it's like
1: a staple uh, band name in uh quad cities i mean i've heard that since before i was even going to shows like in high school and stuff and i've yeah. actually worked with Tal- Talbot at a uh, dominoes for a while oh nice uh, he yeah. told me he was in that band I was like what yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Tal, I go way back with Tal but you know we went to high school together and you know I was telling Cody before we started our 20 our year high school reunion is tomorrow night oh wow so you know and we Method had two different drummers but all five of us were in the same graduating class at Moline so we were we even before that band started which was like right after high school even before that we were in bands together and stuff and, nice You know we played together for years and toured around the country and got into all kinds of trouble and (laughs) but uh yeah the name you know it just uh it at first was kind of like we caught a lot of flack but then it just like kind of you know it's sort of we realized that it was kind of a a fitting name being from the midwest you know as we (laughs) kind of went around the country and you know people like you know like when we told him we were from Iowa and Illinois, you know, it's like kind of was fitting, you know, it's it's like, (laughs) that's what people picture, you know, like (laughs) I remember we were in like Brooklyn or somewhere and some guy's like, so do you guys all like own shotguns and stuff? And I was just like,
1: what? No,
0: I mean, maybe,
1: you know,
0: QC population of like 500 people or something, small ass town. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like, we got to the point where, you know, we used to, we had a lot of jam spaces in Iowa and we played in Iowa a lot and we're friends with a lot of people in Iowa so we would say we're from Iowa because it was just easier than saying you're from Illinois because then people were always like oh like Chicago and oh, we'd be course, like no yeah. we're like on the on the other side of the state and then they'd be like oh so like a suburb of Chicago <laughs> yeah and right right no so but then you say Iowa and people you know don't know much about that they get a, get I find a lot of people get Idaho, Ohio, and Iowa mixed up, like, (laughs)
1: what they are and where they are, you know, (laughs) like, but. So with Centaur Noir, you, it's just you?
0: Yeah, it's, there's been a, you know, it's, yeah, it's started off me on acoustic, writing songs, but then I got into, like, doing sort of electronic music production, and we started renting at a, a place in Moline called Sound and Vision. Uh, which I was there for about 10 years. So I started learning to use Pro Tools, record on my own, like produce music and then track stuff. So, it, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of different people play on my music mm-hmm. along the way, you know, friends of mine. For a while, uh, my friend Laura sang with, with me and we made an album together and played a bunch of shows together and getting ready to do getting ready to finish writing the new album that i'm doing and i'm i'm gonna have two two gals that i'm friends with join me uh doing vocals and harmonies and backup dancing so we're gonna try and create this sort of big oh, production wow. like, kind of yeah, show like good oh, yeah. per- live performance but uh, it's yeah. my f- my friends kara and kristen they they play in uh the have your cake cover band okay that plays, yeah that plays around here a lot they, they play uh, they play a lot of the like uh, sort of they're friends with a lot of, like the jam band kind of, uh, Don and, and on stuff. type. Yeah. Of yeah. yeah, Which which girl was on the last album you did? Is that uh, Laura Laura oh, Wegner? Cool, cool. She's uh, she's kind of a staple in the Quad City scene. She's going to school up in Iowa City now, but she sang in a band called Puddle Jumper. I've heard them. That, I've heard uh, the name. Ended up changing to As You Were, and then changed to to Luka Lake right before they broke up. Huh. But uh, they were kind of like a, a punk band, pop punk kind of stuff.
1: Nice. Cool, yeah. But
0: she's, su- she's super talented, you know, when she came in and started, uh, you know, because I just had her come in to do like s- vocals on one song on, on an album. And then, you know, she we just worked really well together. She's really good at coming up with melodies and writing lyrics off of, off of my lyrics. So then it was, and it was cool because, it, you know, our voices juxtaposed Contrasted really well because she's, you know, because she's got a really pretty voice, and then I get up there and just kind
1: of go, that's But you know, like the contrast was good, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. You're like open to like working and collaborating with, uh, you know, people here and there. It makes for a more interesting like outcome, I feel like.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's different than a band dynamic, but it is cool to like, you know, because a lot of, some of a lot of, what i would do is just have people come in and do like lead like hey do do a lead guitar part on this song or do you know do some backing vocals you know which which is cool too like especially having people come in and do you know like my early stuff i had you know my buddy dennis and my buddy ray that were both in meth and goats too like and chad that I've, that i've always rented with come in and do synth tracks or guitar tracks and sometimes it's cool because then they do something that fills out a part that like is totally different style than you know so it's it's cool to to collaborate with people for sure yeah
1: it's a thing of beauty that's for sure oh yeah now
0: you said you started with like mainly like just doing like acoustic guitar songs and then how long did it take until it formed into like getting into like the electronic poppy stuff uh well it was it was somewhat of a natural progression because like i've I started, what I originally wanted to do was just, like, write, like, and this is kind of how it started, was I do uh, just, like, electronic drum beats and then maybe, like, some minimal bass or synth and then still write the acoustic songs over it. Mm. And so it was a way to do, like, it was a way to, like, uh, you know, I'm not the greatest guitar player, so it was a way to be able to, you know, like, do sort of still rhythm-type guitar parts, and, you know, and instead of, like, Full-on chord, kind of like folky stuff. I was doing more rhythmic, right, sort right. of riff and stuff, so I could do, you know, like put a beat down and write write a song over it, you know. And mm-hmm. So then it just slowly progressed from there when I started getting, you know, uh, different electronic production software, you know. So then you just kind of travel down this rabbit hole of, of coming up with different ideas and trying to to do different stuff, you know. I always kind of want to do something different you know and so and evolve in a way where it's like you know i think the the common factor is like you know the song writing of the lyrics over the top and and so then like you know so being able to do a variety of different styles is a great way to not get stuck in a rut you know right, it's, it, right. it's, instead of defining yourself as one certain thing which i think you know like bands get caught up in that a lot because like they'll write an album and be like this is who we are, this
1: is what we sound like, and then there's a, an expectation for that going forward, you know? But Oh, yeah. for sure, yeah. Yeah, it boxes yourself in, basically, and then you run out of the same thing that you've been doing. That's cool to hear, though, yeah. Well,
0: yeah, because sometimes, you you know, you, you see bands that, like, oh, you know, their early stuff's good, I like their early stuff, and they don't, they can't, you know, it's like, to me, uh, as a musician, it's like, you know, I think you should always be growing, and you should always be writing something you think is better than what you wrote before. You oh, yeah. and, and if and if you're not then like I mean, you know, still keep writing, you know, don't let anybody tell you what to do, but I think you should always be striving to do something different and cool, you know, or I don't know, you know. Oh, for sure. Now, how does your uh, live performances go down? Like what do you do live? Do you play uh, you, guitar? You know, a lot lately it's just kind of like I just kind of MC and sing over the top of like produced music you know cool but you know here and there, i like to, i'd like to get into doing more get back to doing some guitar and some live keyboards and stuff and so yeah but lately yeah it's just been kind of more sort of yeah vocals over the top of the beats and sort of putting on a show and yeah. nice. dancing yeah. around like an idiot and okay stuff, yeah you know? so you're so, moving around and stuff yeah, all yeah. right yeah yeah, we I call you name. an alternative rapper or something. <laughs> it is, it's you know, it is kind of like that. Yeah, you know, it's like you know, and I, I have I've I've heard some criticisms from people, you know, about my stuff. Is that you know, and and uh, you know, I'm my own biggest critic too. You know, it's like yeah, I do feel like I could be doing more performance-wise, live-wise, but you know, it's. Uh, because you know, people, you know, I'm always entertained by watching musicians actually play, you know, like when I watch a band, usually the drummer's my favorite thing to watch, you know, because, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think if you're, like, putting on a show and it's entertaining, it's a performance, you know. Right. It works for Beyonce. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know. It can work for you, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> now, when you are writing and recording, do you use keyboards or is it all just, like, electronic and stuff? Uh... Yeah, mainly it's just like uh, production within my within a computer, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, you know, so, you know, you do kind of like the like I I haven't really gotten into using like MIDI controllers very much. So mainly I just do sort of you know, I'll do some melody stuff just like, you know, on the home row keyboard kind of style stuff, but Oh, yeah. Yeah, it sounds really good. I'm stoked to hear the new album too. Do you have a name yet for the new one? Uh no not yet but it's uh yeah writing this album has been a little different because you know for 10 years i was at sound and vision and i had like i was there two days a week like tuesdays and fridays i was like i'd go there all day work on art and and like video production stuff and then work on music and you know so it was like a lot of the albums were kind of written piece by piece but since i haven't had a place to record for the last year and a half like uh, I've just been I wrote all the music first and then the last couple months I've been like really like getting the songs in my head and sort of writing because then I'll write the vocal melodies I'll come up with an idea of a vocal melody before I come up with lyrics so then it's like then I slowly sort of kind of figure out what I want the song to be about but so so, uh, this approach has been a way where I've been able to kind of like make the songs all like sort of a concept album but not really but it's right. it's all kind of about cults and like oh, uh but like how they how they compare to uh you know normal human relationships and interactions you know like a lot of what gets people to fall in into the trance of cults and leaders are just like you know the wanting to to searching for something wanting to fit in you know there are a variety of reasons that are that people get pulled into that that i think are just human nature you know mm-hmm, like yeah. uh, so that's kind of what so it's like sort of it's like the, the songs are about different cults but also like kind of just about human nature and even my own like personal feelings and relationships so they're supposed to be like you know and i always kind of write lyrics like that where they're uh about something specific but but uh able to be interpreted in a universal sense you right, know, sort right. of which I, you know this that's like some of my favorite lyrics are, are songs like that where it's like you know that they're probably talking about something very specific but it like means something to you oh yeah you for know, sure like, or you know or whatever so but yeah i've just been finishing up writing lyrics and uh i'm i'm renting a new jam space so i'm gonna me and the guy i'm renting with we're gonna Get a recording set up, and so I can start tracking vocals and stuff. You know.
1: Now, do you prefer uh, this approach that you're doing now, or do you, or is there even a preference? Uh, well, definitely.
0: It's nice to. I would like to. You know, I wish I had had a recording set up the whole time because it's always nice to have. Uh, the ability to just go and and lay something down, right, right, you know, because uh, as opposed to you know, like the difference would be like, right, like okay, you're you're in a band or you're a musician, and you write all these songs, and you get them ready, and then you go into somebody else's studio and pay for time, mm-hmm. and that that can be rough because there's so much pressure to like, you know, like we only have this much time, so it's like oh, yeah. kind of riddled with compromise. Some t- it can be, you know, and then and like yeah like just the pressure so it's nice to have your own setup to just be able to take your time and i mean you know and the opposite, opposite side of that is like it can also lead to like hyper analyzing stuff and spending way too much time <laughs> right on right yeah. you know? but like,
1: <laughs> almost making it
0: worse yeah to you finally get on. done like <laughs> finally get done mixing something and you're like i don't ever want to hear that again right, yeah, right. Then yeah. you have to go, oh i have to go play these songs yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah, I definitely, you know, the dream would be to be able to have a space where I can go and record at any moment, you know, right. because then then you're not, you know, even just, even having a place that, a jam space that you're only there like once a week can be frustrating because then there there's a lot of pressure on that day.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: you, you may not be feeling well or, you know, you are hungover or, you know, you had something, you have some other plans and, you know, so I, I'm looking forward to having somewhere where I can have some decent access to you know oh for his, sure yeah yeah you seem like a guy that would definitely want to have like a home studio set up and definitely benefit from that for sure you think you'd ever have like a recording studio where you'd have other people come in to record other people's stuff yeah i mean that's kind of the plan with what with what me and uh lars his name's lars renberg uh that i'm renting with now it's uh kara's husband that is going to join the band he's also in the cake cover band but he's this dude that's played played in bands for a long time and he's he does. he's real busy right now because he does like, I don't even know exactly what he does, but he's, he goes to music festivals. They hire him into like, come in and I, d- I think he does like, sets up Wi-Fi for like, huh. music festivals. Oh, shit. So yeah. he's been like, busy, but he's like a very, he's like a, he's like a AV geek sort of audio-visual, you know, f- is into recording bands and has a lot of gear. And, nice. And cool, cool. You know? So he's he's real cool dude, so I'm excited to, to build something with him but so you know we're, we wouldn't i don't know if we're going to mainly it's just going to be to record ourselves but you will probably do stuff for people that need to do like s- simple overdub type stuff oh and, yeah you know just whatever it's we'll see hell yeah maybe bring in some of your friends if someone needs like session musicians or some shit. <laughs> yeah you know yeah stuff like that definitely you know uh where we're located is going to be right by another recording studio uh i don't know if you've heard future apple tree yes it's a pat staley studio that uh it's all analog sort of like really nice the guy's got you know he's been around for a while just like collecting gear so he has like a wall of just like every synthesizer <laughs> you know and just like tons of microphones and amps and you know so so he, you know he we would be more just kind of a smaller place to do to do little home project stuff. But Yeah, yeah. You know, I was never I never considered Wi Fi a music festival before. Well, yeah, when he
1: like said that movies. I was like, That's a very particular, like very specific job I, I that. think
0: that's what he does. Like, like for like s- an outdoor fest or sh- well, shit? just
1: for like the whole crew and for
0: mm. like the bands and for everything, I think, from what I gather. So he's just like setting up like Wi Fi networks for like I don't know. I think it's something like that. I could be totally wrong.
1: I uh, I saw them at the, uh, I think it was two years ago, maybe. Th- oh no, more than two. Uh, some years ago, I seen them at the Dawn and On festival, and they fucking sounded just like Cake. Okay. <laughs> I yes. was like, holy yeah. shit, man. You love Cake, don't you? Yeah, they're. Yeah, I like them. I wouldn't say I'm a, like a diehard fan. I don't know any of the guys' names in that <laughs> band, but but yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I like the band. I like the food. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, yeah, if we're talking <laughs> the food, I mean, obviously. Hell yeah.
0: No, yeah, and they do they do some other covers too, stuff, so, you know. So they keep it pretty entertaining for sure.
1: Nice. We are talking the the cake cover band though, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Have, I just want to make sure it wasn't Have <laughs> Your Cake. Okay. I good, believe. Good.
0: Yes, yes. official name. Now, going back, like, what first got you, like, into music and everything? Were um, you very young? Yeah, pretty young. You know, like, you know, my dad was really into music. You know, uh, he, he was the kind of guy that had, like, the full stereo stand set up with, mm. like, you know, like, quarter-inch cables. And, like, he did it. My dad used to do this thing where he may have been like one of the first guys to make mixtapes because like my dad would he'd record the radio onto tapes then he'd go back and take out all the commercials and all the songs he didn't like and redub onto the second tape deck just the songs he wanted to hear and he had like a hundred tapes of just like classic rock songs and stuff like yeah uh You know, so, I mean, that definitely got me into liking music, you know, I remember, you know, listening to classic rock stuff and then getting into, you know, in junior high probably was like when I started getting into like classic rock and also like, you know, alternative stuff like, you know, Nirvana, Nine Inch Nails and, you know, Pearl Jam, bands like that, you know, and, uh, you know, and then we just had, you know, our group of friends we had older brothers that like, and friends, older brothers that were in bands and stuff. So that's, you know, in junior high, we first started going to punk shows, you know, first show I went to was at a place called Smile Coffee House, Hmm. it was over in Davenport, at downtown Davenport, and it was like, you know, it was a place that a lot of cool bands played, and you know, it was just, it was kind of like Roz Talks, way before Roz Talks, you know, it was like a just sort of dark coffee shop that had punk bands playing in the corner, and my friend, Cody, his older brother, was in a band called Crosscheck. And I went and see, saw them play. And then, you know, we was just immediately hooked, you know, because like, I was into bands already and had gone to some bigger concerts. But, to, like, to go see a band where you're, like, five feet away from them. And right. then, like, they start playing. And then, like, all of a sudden somebody shoves you against <laughs>
1: right, the wall.
0: Right, just like, It's an immersive geez. experience. You know, so from there, you know, just some of my friends started bands you know and yeah you know i said first band i played in was called Tri i played bass and like nick my buddy sang and played guitar and he just showed me how to play bass basically it was like here play this you know so that was mm-hmm. my beginning of playing instruments and then you know f- then we formed meth and goats just right after high school you know we we rented i rented jam spaces from like when i was like 17 you know like we weren't even 18 yet and we were like renting wow. rooms and like these like <laughs> like old office buildings and stuff and like we rent the first space we ever rented was in the building right across from the the fountain down on fifth avenue in moline yeah yeah it's like above where the university club is now hmm. but that whole building's pretty much empty but at the time there was like two or th- there was like four different sort of you know there's like five floors and there was like kind of like there was like an architect in one of the office rooms and then like some other business but after five o'clock they all left and there was like a couple bands that rented there and we just had the run of the place like all night long so we just jam and be loud all night long and write music and so then we we bounced around a couple different jam spaces after that but yes i mean that's you know i you know i started i used to book shows a bunch back in the day when you know, we're lucky nowadays that there's as many venues as there are. Cause yeah. back then we had to like find a reception hall that would, you know, we'd have to pay two hundred dollars to rent this hall, hundred dollars oh. for some guy to, Jeez. some old school dude that we knew that had a PA to come and, right. you know, and so, you know, nowadays it's a lot easier. But yeah, so definitely came from that sort of DIY punk, sort of uh, booking shows and just getting crazy, you know. Hell yeah. Uh, how old were you then, and what year was that when you first picked up the bass? Uh, I would have been maybe it was like the summer before my junior year, I think. So you know, I was like seventeen, you uh, know. Yeah. And like, yeah, the first show we ever played, Trilams, was at the Kanga, which is this at the time was this space in downtown Davenport. It's right like up and to the right of boozies it's like on the second floor between boozies and where analog is now okay Okay, yeah and uh i think there's still i think there's still like an artist that rents the studio space up there maybe but like uh it was like this collective of like it's it was older dudes like uh Tripmaster monkey and uh multiple cat kind of pat and his friends rented this space that was a Sort of, uh, they it was like a mixed use sort of uh, art studio jam space where they would do sh- music and also have art shows. But uh, so that yeah, that was the first gig I ever played was was at that building. And you know, we ended up later on Meth and Goats ended up renting there after those dudes that ran it as the Kanga moved out. We I we looked into it and we rented like on the second floor for a year or two. Then we got kicked out. And then we had one of our other members approach the lady that rented the place. Uh, you know pretending like we weren't the same people (laughs) and then we rented the third floor for a while wow and got kicked out of there why they kick you out uh
1: that's a good question i'm kind of wondering now too i think there's still
0: some mystery surrounding it because i think when we got kicked out of the the second floor we just moved out because i think we had some we started jamming at somebody's house or something. But the third floor, we officially got kicked out. And I, I just remember like the landlord lady kind of being like, that's your third strike. And we were just kind of like, where, where what was one and two, <laughs> yeah. you know, but they, we were just loud and, and crazy. So I think, I think boozies complained maybe because uh, at the time we also had this like uh, black metal band that, oh, that rented yeah. with us and they, practiced in the space that was closest to Boozies and they would practice kind of like early in the evening so like uh, you know that might have had something to do with no, it. It wasn't us yeah. I swear. Probably <laughs> not
1: when probably not the exact time that Boozies is popping off and that would drown yeah. out the noise. Yeah, they're trying to do karaoke and they just hear. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. You know but uh <laughs> you know and I think we were late on rent a couple times and there there must have been some other stuff but it's kind of funny, like uh, the one of the when we rented on the second floor, there was this window that somebody had sprayed a bunch of like Halloween sort of decorative foam stuff or whatever, mm. and I like drew these circles in in it, so it's like you see just like this grayed window with these circles, and it's still there. This is like <laughs> fifteen years ago, and I'm like nobody's washed that window right. that long, <laughs> and that I wish I I mean that space. It was a really cool rent in there because it was just, you know, it was back when there wasn't much going on in downtown Davenport, so it was sort of just like a ghost town, and it's kind of cool because where we rented looked over 3rd Street, so it was just like traffic going by, and you're sort of in your own world, though, you know? Yeah. Creating music and stuff. What made the transition from, like, being in Moline to Davenport just, like, cheap or whatever? Uh, Yeah, I think it was just... More availability for rental space or whatever i mean yeah it was kind of a pain in the butt driving over there all the time but it was just yeah you had to find the space you know and you and you wanted it cheap you know because there was you had to find somebody that was willing to rent to younger kids that were musicians right and you had to find somewhere that was cheap enough because some places you'd find and they'd be like yeah rent's a thousand dollars you know and be like oh (sighs) well you mean for like the whole year? Yeah. You know. So and I think, so I think Davenport, being at the kanga, I think it was because we had known a, of that building and we were just like, oh, I wonder if they would rent to somebody. You know. So I think I, I think I did the research and found out who owned the building and then called the called the realtor agency or whatever and found out and it was like really cheap. You know. I think it was like three hundred something for like when we rented the third floor, and it was basically,
1: like, uh, just a huge space, you know? So. Wow, yeah. That's pretty you cool. You said earlier, uh, you are mentioning you and uh, the guy from Heavy Your Cake, right? Mm-hmm. Uh You said your place is going to be next to another
0: like, yeah. recording.
1: Yeah. Are you guys setting up, like, a... Uh, or is it just, like, a personal... Just you guys are gonna use it or is this going uh, to be yeah,
0: it's mainly just gonna be sort of like uh kind of a, a home studio, but nice. like in a jam yeah. space.
1: Okay. You yeah. know, and
0: I don't know. We're still it's we haven't once stuff dies down for him work wise this summer, we we'll get into doing some stuff, but but yeah, so we'll see. You know, it's it's still kinda of up in the air what you know, and I'm kind of renting from him, so it's sort of I'm just gonna kinda of follow his lead on what yeah, yeah what he wants to do with the space, you know, but I think it's something where he's wanted to kinda it's you know, it's set up it's two rooms with a window in the middle, so it's sort Oh of, wow, yeah. It's set up to have a control room and a live room. Cool. And, and uh, it's actually in it's in the same building as uh I work at Ragged the new Ragged Records yeah, Rock okay. Island. So it's it's in that same building. Pat's studio's on the first floor, and the record stores on the second floor and then in one corner of the building's the jam space so nice nice how do you like working at the store it's cool you know i work with uh dennis who was in meth and goats who you know i've been friends with since since junior high really True. you know we were in the same uh, homeroom in seventh grade <laughs> mr Bruner, rest in peace <laughs> you know uh he was a great teacher uh but uh so uh yeah, Dennis worked at the Davenport location and then I I was doing graphic design for Bob the owner and uh you know he when Pat moved his studio from the second floor down to the first floor that that space came open cuz where we're at used to be Pat's studio. Mm. So, you know, Bob's just like, "Hey, I should expand, you know, and you know cuz he's got probably enough albums, records for like four stores." Wow. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> uh so, yeah, you know, so me and Dennis work there, and, uh, you know, we both kind of co-manage the place, and so it's cool, you know, because uh, we get to hang out all day and just work on just work on records, and,
1: yeah. Yeah, and, like, the main, I mean, I guess you call it theme of your work is music, I mean, essentially. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it um, seems like it'd be kind of get the creative juices going it can inspire you sometimes if
0: yeah definitely you know it's cool to work with music and and you know provide music to people that love music and you know uh yeah i always had fond memories of going to record stores when i was younger and digging through bins for yeah you know finding some you know back you know and i back in the day when you couldn't just listen to it on spotify or whatever you had to like see a cover of an album and be like take a chance on it yeah and, you know, yeah like, yeah so and i think you know some of the some of the younger kids and even older people that we get to come in you kind of get that vibe sometimes people will be like you know because we have like a bunch of like cheap two dollar records that are just like random stuff and you, you'll see people come in and be like you know oh this looks cool i'm gonna give it a shot yeah you know? so it's you know it's cool yeah it's cool um uh, it's like a of like a rarity nowadays sometimes like finding actual record stores it's good yeah, that we still you know, have for a, sure yeah i mean you got ragged and co-op and i don't know what else there is around here uh yeah that's about it yeah you know it, bob owns the place he he's been in the record biz for for some years he used to work for co-op and do like because back in the day co-op was like this huge kind of franchised record store they, they were all over the midwest yeah. and like okay uh so he would he had it. he started off working where he'd go and set up stores and he was kind of like the guy that went and set up stores and then he settled into working at one that was in peoria for some amount of years then eventually just uh he moved back to he's from the quad cities so he moved back and that's when uh that's when he started ragged records you know so
1: that's pretty damn cool Sorry, yeah. I mean like have Ragged Records for one just sounds like an awesome fucking name, you yeah. know. Yeah, they kiddle with the name. <laughs> um Going back to are you currently like do you have any shows coming up while you're working on your next project with Centaur Noir? Uh yeah, I'm doing we just announced it today, actually. I'm doing a
0: collaborative set with Dennis who uh, was in Meth and Goats that I work with the record store. He does a project called ID Pyramid okay and, okay uh, yeah i've heard that name. so he does you know and he does a lot of like sort of it's like electronic sort of experimental electronic music that he does like a lot of like on the fly sort of like a sampler and like a drum machine and sort of nice. synths. so he does like different types of sets you know he's kind of evolved as a, as a project himself but uh yeah we just practiced for the first time last night actually to just we're kind of just going to write a set together where I'm, he's gonna do most of the music and I'm just gonna accompany him on vocals so uh, we we did an album together back a long time ago so it's kind of a continuation of it. it's we call it Id Noir so it's just like <laughs> a combination oh, nice. of the two names and even but, that name sounds really that's like <laughs> catchy but yeah so we're doing we're playing at Roz Talks at the end of August cool. with uh, this band that Dennis is friends with from Detroit that's gonna come to call it uh, Deadbeat Beat like Deadbeat Beat Nice, cool. but uh, uh, they're like kind of like cool garage rockies, sort of like, mm. but like with kind of a punk sort of indie thing going on. So nice, nice. Now, um, so your first intro to like instruments was like bass. What came after that? Uh, yeah, like I said, you know, I I bought a I around the same time that I started playing bass, I bought an acoustic guitar. You know, so it's so. You know, kind of w- was learning building my chops up, playing bass, but then also I kind of just like trying to learn to play guitar on the side, you know, like just like learning bar chords and right. you know doing other chords and just trying to sort of figure out you know the instrument, you know, so it's it's kind of that, and then you know and even just you know being around other musicians and being in jam spaces, you you know, there's always kind of a, a drum kit around or some, or a keyboard around. So it's like, you sort of pick up some of that stuff too, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like good enough to mess around on a lot of instruments, but like, right. I just, I just kind of suck mostly at instruments, you know, but like, I've just tried to learn to manipulate them enough to like write songs that I can sing over sort of, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's kind of been the progression of Centaur Noir even. It's, like, started with acoustic, but then I, like, started doing, you know, electronic production. So it's just kind of the end result is just, like, finding something I can write a song over. So yeah. You know?
1: Does your, uh, I mean, does your lyrical content have a running theme throughout the things that you put out with Centaur Noir? Uh, or is it just kind of Yeah,
0: different? you know, it's sort of, like, I mean, there's different stuff, you know, like, socio-political sort of stuff but like mixed with like you know sort of hard heartache love song kind of stuff too you know because that's obviously stuff that we you know artists musicians like to write about you know it's it's relatable you know but uh it's a lot of it's kind of like you know it's some of it's sort of tongue-in-cheek so it's like you know it's like some of it's pretty serious but then like you know you might team up a a serious line with something that's like kind of a little more silly and sort of you know i I like telling a story with a song sort of or yeah so it all depends you know sometimes you know er early on doing like punk vocals was like a little different because you're just like screaming and (laughs) like uh so a lot of them are sort of like short sort of bursts of different ideas sort of right. you know but but you know yeah even early on like with meth and goats i i i enjoyed sort of uh telling telling a story sort of you know and trying to find an interesting way to say something about something i guess you yeah
1: know? i find myself uh especially lately I'm, I'm like dry when it comes to like just in a dry spell and lyrically like creatively but lyrically mostly um uh, i find it comes in waves it sounded like to me like with your art uh at least it sounded like you was in a really big wave at least this past six months or so that you said you've been putting out a you said almost 30 or so pieces of work yeah well i mean i've been doing a lot of these portraits so it's the quad city
0: icons that i've done about 30 of then I've been doing this portraits for choice thing, which I'm at like sixty eight or something of them at this point, wow. like, and I'm I, I had to cut off the submissions at like a hundred, but they're they're portraits of of friends that I know, and it's it's a uh, donating a hundred percent of all the money I make off of it to uh, uh, the Missouri chapter of that narrow i don't know how to pronounce it i've seen your poster the national association for the repeal of abortion laws so it's it's the missouri chapter of that uh you know it's so they it's the organization does a lot more than just you know abortions it's all about uh you know good uh reproductive sort of health for women in missouri because it's really you know missouri you know a lot of those other states that that are down south it's like you know not to talk bad about the South, but you're more kind of, you know, they're more a Bible belt, but, like, Missouri is, like, pretty, cl- you know, I mean, it neighbors our state. You know, yeah, so yeah. for sure. So that that whole idea came about just because I wanted to, I had already wanted to do, like, portraits of, like, a lot of my friends and people in the community, and, like, but you can't just be like, hey, I want to do your portrait, like, pay me to do it, you know? So it's right. like, instead I had this idea of, like, you know, like, because... You know when all that abortion stuff, laws against women's rights. You know, I mean, it's really it's a human's rights, it, human mm-hmm. rights issue, women's rights issue. And you know when all that stuff came about, I saw a lot, a lot of people posting on social media saying, you know, saying like uh, disappointed at that that men and other people weren't standing up more vocally about it, you know? And right. I kind of got to thinking, it's like, well, you know, yeah, I can share an article or post something here or there. But, you know, I'm really only friends on Facebook with, like, people that already think the same way as me. Yeah,
1: yeah, I hear you. You yeah. know,
0: it's like even my family members are all, like, on board. So I don't have, like, that crazy racist uncle or something. <laughs> right, you know? like, right, like, right. Like, my family's all pretty liberal, too. So it's like, you know, so I thought, like, what can I do to actually – make some type of change you know so it's like so it ended up being real cool like all these people have been you know it's kind of overwhelming how much uh, i've been having to work on it but it's cool like you know it's 20 bucks for a for a portrait and i just kind of i do them i do the black and white uh by hand and then scan it in and then do like a collage digital collage okay. to color them in and they're only digital like i haven't been printing them out for people so they you pay 20 bucks and you get a you know a profile picture or whatever yeah, but yeah. uh so it's, you know, I'm, it's, I'm going to, it's, we're going to end up raising like more than $2,000 probably in the end or maybe nice. even more. So oh, that's awesome. You know, and I've been getting into, into doing a lot more of that lately with my, with art, which is, you know, donating to charities. Like, you know, I did, a this rad women of music series last year that I also did a coloring book of, which is just similar sort of portraits of like cool lady rockers, you know, and, uh. I did it yeah i did a coloring book and some some prints and donated money from that to uh this organization girls rock iowa city mm, which okay. is uh it's like a girls uh summer camp okay. where they they teach they teach young women and other non-binary uh adolescent preteens kind of to play different instruments and oh, learn how right. to write songs that's and right. like, so that's it's fair. this cool kind of rock camp for kids. Yeah. You know? and so I donated money to that. I've donated to family resources and stuff. It's just something I, I've been liking doing cause it, you know, it's, it gives more meaning to, to, to creating art when you can help people. Cause I think that's the goal, like as musicians and artists right. like, to like open people's minds,
1: help people, you know? So I was just so, about to say that I feel like that's like, almost every artist's uh, you know ambition is to make some sort of difference or some sort of significant uh contribution to something yeah that's that's awesome but yeah that's so that's
0: you know it's uh I forget what you're asking Uh, so yeah I've been working on that you know but (laughs) at the same time I've been like I said writing lyrics for the new Centaur Noir album so it's like i said it's it's good. I like to multitask and sort of work on something and then take a break and work on something else yeah. and you know so keeps you, you busy, break.
1: I'm sure right yeah, yeah, definitely, you know I've seen uh, a couple of pieces that you did uh just add, I added you today, obviously uh but I've seen the one of the portrait ones there was like a couple or two people at least uh and then I've seen the cassette ones, uh, and yes. that was pretty cool. I mean, was there anything, was that, like, requested or something, or is that... Uh, that, Well, those mixtape paints, I call them mixtape the paints, yeah. but they're just, That's they're right. sort of
0: these anthropomorphic uh, cassette tapes with eyeballs in the in the real parts of the cassette tapes, but uh, I've been doing those since back at the Sound of Vision days, so... Oh, okay. It's nice. something that I, I started doing them, and then, like, people liked them, so I kept doing them, but I've... I've done, yeah, the, the ones that I'm going to have, the three that I just made are number 49, 50, and 51, so I've, I've done over 50 of these paintings, and they're, most of them are like
1: small to medium-sized canvases yeah. that, that I've done, so yeah. It's so. very, uh, I want to make up a word here, wallable. Like, if I've seen that, you know, at like a showing or like some sort of, a, what'd you say, is it DeSoto. Soto, yeah. Yeah. Like, if I seen something like that, I'd be like, oh, yeah. I want to get something like yeah. that. Put it up on the wall, put it up on in the room or something. It's it very, very nice. Movie. Visually pleasing. It's like,
0: yeah, it's kind of like an ongoing series, you know, like, uh, and like... You know, if I do like an art show and I don't have any of them, people are like, oh, we're, I wanted to get
1: one of those mixtape ones.
0: Yeah. You know, so it's so I just keep making them, kind of.
1: <laughs> just got some stuff. Well, I got one here for you if you want to. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: What's your medium that you usually paint in? Uh, I use acrylics mostly, but I, I do. I do a lot of like uh, a lot of drawing on top of paintings and painting on top of drawings. Mm-hmm. So, like, I might start something with a drawing, and then I paint in the color, but then I also do, like, paintings where then I draw on top of them. So, it's acrylics and marker and, uh, you know, different, pretty much that, yeah, marker and painting. Hell, yeah, and you said for those ones that you were doing for friends, like, for, like, profile pictures and shit where you did it digitally. Yeah. When you did the black and white, is that, uh, like, just acrylic? black and white uh no just pen and ink okay just so that's like they're like kind of just contour line drawings Mm. so and then so then it just you scan it in and then just i fill in fill in the skin tone and the backgrounds with different sort of collage stuff that i've found online like a lot of it's like i'll find these different blogs that just sort of have scanned in print media so like scans of old like magazine articles and advertisements and just other random sort of pop culture kind of stuff from the 70s 60s 70s or 80s that you know I try and not I try not to like use anybody's like use anything that's like too much somebody else's art right you know or whatever but I mean for this project I've been a little more lenient on using different stuff for backgrounds because I'm cutting it up and, you, you know, cutting, pasting in Photoshop and using it as different parts of different backgrounds and stuff so it's you know, plus I'm not profiting from it so it's just mm. kind of a, a cool little pop art kind of thing. So it's I like it because it's sort of a, it's collage but it's like a digital collage where, yeah. I'm, where I'm using like, I'm using a lot of elements that at one point were actually pages from a magazine so it's kind of similar to like how you would normally make a collage sort of but all Mm. done digitally oh for sure yeah now do you use like a tablet or anything to draw or paint color in or is it like all just like within photoshop and stuff uh i do i i don't i've never really gotten into drawing on a tablet so i just draw by hand kind of and i i use like a a light table okay so some of them so a lot of these new portraits are sort of loose they're like tracings on a light table but I sort of you know it's like you take a like so I'll print out a picture of somebody and then use like so I'm sort of doing this uh taking an actual picture and forming sort of a contour line drawing off of it where you kind of use it as a guideline but you have to kind of like uh simplify certain things to do like certain lines in the hair and different you know different Mm -hmm. stuff like that so it's very cool now uh, do you think you would want to get into like using the stylus and digitally drawing or painting, or do you prefer like the physical medium of painting and drawing uh yeah, you know I mean if I had something like that i would I would try it and I would use it you know I think you know as an artist or a musician you you use whatever tools you have in your arsenal to to create whatever you want you know so it's similar as similar to music you know it's Mm -hmm. like yeah you can write songs on a guitar but you can also you know make a beat digitally and write some synth lines on it you know so it's i think yeah i think it's just the goal is to just come up with something cool and new and fresh regardless of how you're how you're doing it you know Mm -hmm. so you know and i see some of the stuff people can come up with on this like on those tablets and it's 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 pretty awesome you know
1: yeah i do think there's like a well, i hate to say realness because but you know the more I don't know, I don't know what word i'm looking for a more blank with uh i like how you're uh describing it you know it's half or it's parts it might be part digital uh and then part uh physical you know like yeah definitely you know It's pretty neat you know, like I
0: said you know I've been like I document those signs around Moline and a lot of that what I like about it is the handmade stuff you know mm-hmm. it has that rough handmade quality to it so same with same with art you know like like I, I, I make a lot of like uh I've made a lot of, like, posters and flyer designs over the years, you right. know? It's, like, where when you first started out, everything was hand-drawn, mm-hmm. cut and pasted at Kinko's, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. And yeah. then, like, you know, you get into, like, now a lot of people just do, like, I, like even me, I would do a lot of just digital design. But then it's, like, you end up getting kind of sick of that, and then you kind of want to hop back to doing some hand-drawn stuff. And So I've been doing a lot. I like the idea of, of mixing the two, uh, you know, because there is definitely cool quality to sort of hand the rough aesthetic of hand-drawn stuff that
1: right, right. you know
0: so same with music you know like uh you know it's cool to do electronic music but you can it, you can make it sound a lot cooler if you drop in some analog elements right, like you know yeah. put some real bass guitar on some stuff yeah. like or you know put some electric guitar over the top of of stuff you know so i, I like the idea of Using the, all the technological capabilities you have, all the tools in your arsenal, but also, you know, knowing when to to do it by hand. You know? Oh yeah, like for Mix sure. the two together. You know, keep that human element involved. And
1: you have? Have you things. ever uh, considered yourself like a renaissance man of of sorts? I mean, you're doing. You got your toes in a couple different pools here. You know. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, it's all. It's all like creative stuff though so it's you know i i mean yeah within the realm of of creating stuff i i do do a lot of stuff like graphic design photography video editing you know me and then music mm. uh, fine art you know uh but uh, it's all kind of in that same realm, so you know, it's like I'm not like inventing the helicopter like Leonardo da Vinci or something, right? So, right. You know, yeah. Or whatever. Well, I don't but, mean. Yeah, I don't mean in that sense. <laughs> the Renaissance. No. I like to cook too, you know. So that's and that's to me that's creative too. Is like very oh, for sure. Similar thing. You're you're taking different elements, manipulating them, and creating something
1: new with I, them that's visually appealing. You know. I did see on your uh, some of your posts. A lot of the dishes you're creating. I'd be cooking. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Man. I'm, like, sitting there at work. God damn it, I'm so fucking hungry, man. <laughs> I've seen the Pico, too. Are we going to have to do a Mob Vision cooking with Centaur Noir or something? You know, I was <laughs> just going to say, you should start, yeah, like, uh, are you
0: vegetarian? Yeah, I've been vegetarian for about a year and a half. Okay. Are you vegan? or No. No. I'd be eating that cheese. That cheese? Oh, okay. i be on that cheese you know it's okay. i've been trying to like get off of drinking milk you know mm-hmm. or or milk products you know cuz i like almond milk's awesome you know it's, it's like yeah dude i thought about well that coconut milk that. too yeah mm-hmm. coconut milk's it's awesome it's great <laughs> yeah you know, there's a lot of alternatives out there that you know you don't have to be dependent on oh yeah you know and i i went vegetarian mainly just for like health reasons just to kind of feel better so i'm not like you know but even then you know it's like i still it's like it's like you go vegetarian but then it's like i'm just eating like eggs cheese and potatoes and,
1: like, just <laughs> right. like still yeah. just, you know so i you know i was thinking about that today actually at work uh i i just got my wisdom teeth out i know unrelated but uh they told me take ibuprofen make sure it's in your system for 48 hours and for some reason, in the last couple of days, while well, I've been taking ibuprofen, my, like I've had this like rounded pain, not a sharp pain in my chest. I didn't think it was the ibuprofen. I'm like, man, dude, maybe I've just been eating cheeseburgers for too long. And like, I wonder how my body would react if I changed up my diet and got like actual, ex- you know, actual real nutrients instead of eating all this processed stuff. And I feel like that's a good way to stay away from the processed stuff is, is, uh, or you know a good out of many i'm sure but a lot of the dishes i seen that you were cooking up I'm like that looks really good and it's you know not it definitely
0: it's it's good to switch up your you know if, if yeah if you're having like if you're feeling sluggish after eating you know i mean and there's you know quitting eating meat and animal products isn't isn't the only thing you can do you know like a lot of like you have a lot of food high in acids and stuff mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. i had a problem with that too where it was just like you know sort of like acid reflux kind oh, of right, stuff yeah. going mm-hmm. on Same i think that's your problem yeah you've had like heartburn <laughs> yeah. since you're like two years yeah, old tell me <laughs> what my problem is please. <laughs> well I, I was pretty rough for a while there too when i was like drinking energy drinks and yeah oh just yeah like, for sure
1: you know spicy food i love spicy food Ooh, so yeah. you know oh well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I hate to keep crossing back and forth here, but with with your artwork, would you? How long have you been making, like producing artwork, um, aside from music? Obviously, well, I, you
0: know, I took some art classes in high school. I, I went to Blackhawk College for art, so I, t- I took art classes there, uh, you know, and and started showing, in galleries. You know, I had a, a small gallery show while I was at Blackhawk in this little nook that they would do little little showings and you know from there i've done you know i i when bucktown first opened i i rented there for a little while and worked worked there while the gallery was open and created art there and had art up for better part of a year and i've been at the artery in rock island for the past year and a half or so so i'm i'm there and you know uh when we were at sound and vision down in moline for a while i had we did we did a handful of art shows there because it was this space uh where we had this big storefront uh big window storefront Mm. that was closed off from the back where we where we would jam and stuff so i always had art up there
1: and it's like
0: it was like that building was right on fourth avenue so it's like kind of a major thoroughfare people walking by or driving by but uh so yeah you know i've always you know i started drawing you know in grade school you know and always i i want i wanted to be an artist when i was in third grade oh wow know, yeah I Okay. Guess. so yeah you said i used to like carry around a binder with, like, my drawings, like, in plastic, like, in this binder. And back then I drew, you know, it's like, Ricky Henderson, yeah. Bo Jackson, you know? <laughs> uh, Like, I'd draw, like, sports stars and, yeah. like, logos of sports
1: teams, you know. and That's awesome. Were you ever into, uh, like, professional wrestling or, like, you know, WWE? Uh, I feel like that was, like, kind A of lot of... of my friends were into that stuff, but, you know, I was when I was
0: younger— but then, like, a lot of my friends got into that stuff, like, in high school. and like, Yeah, you just kind of passed
1: it at that point.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it kind of got to the point where I was uh, just... You know, same with, like, video games. Like, I was into video games, but then once I started making art and music, it's like, you know, there's no time for that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I, I got... I have other stuff to do. You know, I, I'm big into, like... Uh, you know films and movies and TV shows, so that 's what I do to unwind is like I just chill on the couch oh, and, for sure you know maybe you know because even then it 's like sometimes I still got my laptop and i 'm working on something you know or whatever but but yeah never never really got big in into the <laughs> wrestling you know I, I i appreciate it for what it is and like right you know for sure liked some of those characters when I was younger and liked sort of the theatrical nature of of it all you know and it 's I mean, it's pretty pretty cool that right now we got that Seth Rollins dude. You right. Know, yeah. like Oh yeah. For did, sure. I mean, I don't know. Is he still the heavyweight champion? Oh, I don't know. WWE champion or right, whatever. Right. Right. He comes into my work all the time. Well, not all the time, but here and there. And yeah, that's I saw the only reason that. I know him. I, think. I mean, would
1: he be the champion if he's still coming into Poncheros And <laughs> I think he still got the belt. He's just oh, okay. around here, so they'd let you go back to your hometown or something. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I comes- thought they would maybe keep you up in a. No, and they, he's in the portrait series, right? Yeah, yeah, I did one of him. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. Yeah,
0: he. Uh, I saw him on the Fourth of July at Wake Wake Brewing. They did uh, this In Day Pendants uh, Day oh, thing yeah. where they had a they had a big stage set up in the parking lot and they had a bunch of doom metal bands play and
1: that's. Uh, uh, to... He sh-
0: and they had like Barley and Rye was like making burgers out in the parking lot and stuff and he comes rolling in with like nice. three or four other people that like totally were like it's like two other dudes and a gal and like they were all pretty buff like you can no tell, yeah. tell they just came from like training somewhere Right, because I mean, right. like kind of in sweats looking like sort of glistening you know and <laughs> get their burger sit down watch some of the bands and then they they left after a little while but it's kind of cool seeing that's seeing awesome them, you know, yeah. see. do you tell these people that you're doing their portraits I don't think you know most of them are like people that the showing. <laughs> most of them are people that I think you know are that aren't around here you know but I know mm-hmm. like I did one of Margot Price, who's, she's from Alito, she moved down to Nashville, she's a country singer, Yeah, I think she was nominated for a Grammy last really? year, I think, mm-hmm. Best New Artist, maybe, wow. I'm pretty sure, yeah, uh, you know, but she does kind of like an old school country throwback, sort okay. of twangy country thing, It's really cool, and I'm friends with uh, her cousin, and he mess, he texted her, the version of the portrait i did to her and she i think she was just like oh cool you know yeah. yeah. so, <laughs> i'm sure it's it's an honor for her maybe to like have people to know that people at her in her hometown appreciate her and yeah, yeah for sure. definitely
1: appreciate what she does is you know are you uh is this something that hasn't been revealed yet or do you want to li- could you list off who from around here is within that collage uh, well, I, I posted
0: a little video of, like, the, the sort of big-sized mural I'm doing of it. But I have, as I was doing them, I, I was posting them on, like, Instagram okay, and, yeah. uh, and Facebook and stuff. So there's... I think there's around thirty of them out there oh, that wow. I did,
1: so it's is that all going to be in the collage together.
0: Uh, I think that well the big the big mural size painting that I'm doing of them all, there's twenty seven of them. Wow, so it's a lot of different ones, but yeah, as, as I was posting them on Instagram, I would kind of like do a little two paragraph write up of like where the where where they're from the Quad Cities, what they're kind of famous for, little tidbits about. You know basically just read their wikipedia page and sort of write my own little concise sort of thing and i'm going to use that for the coloring book that i'm going to make it's going to have like a little nice. a little like description of everybody but you know and and while doing it while doing the series you know i had a lot of people say like you know oh i didn't know they were from here or i had a lot of people be like hey have you heard of this person that's from here you know? right, right mm-hmm. that's really so cool. it turned a- me on to like Onto people that I didn't know. Were, yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't know were from the Quad Cities and or just didn't know that who they were that they even existed. You know. Yeah. yeah if mm. You have to keep finding out more people. You have to have like series part two, part three,
1: <laughs> as it goes along. Yeah. <laughs> You've been over on this side of the river mainly. Yeah. Yeah. Moline. Okay. I was gonna say if I didn't know if you had moved uh, back and forth, you start to Davenport or Or are you doing the area completely like the Quad Cities yeah
0: yeah Quad Cities and you know
1: mainly you know not too far out of the Quad Cities but you know like Alito you
0: know uh, is is pretty fringe sort of uh, where Margot Price is from and also uh, Susie Bogus? Bogus? Susie bogus 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 is it bogus i don't know it's I b-o-g-g-u-s-s i think it's just Susie bogus. Or bogus but uh she was a country star like in the 90s that late 80s early 90s but she gained some success definitely on the country charts and okay. she uh you know she was on a major label i'm pretty sure and everything but uh i can't remember what her hit was but like uh I did one of her, you know. Okay, yeah.
1: So. That's really cool. Uh, it's almost like paying, uh, what is it, homage? Is that how you say it? To local, significant local, uh, local beans. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah, I've always had kind of a f- fondness for sort of like the history of, of the Quad Cities, you know, and you know, I've lived here all my life and, you know, I've, I've traveled around the country some and, you know, like. You know, because as as a young artist, musician, or whatever, you know, there's you're definitely compelled to sort of like, well, why don't you move to Chicago? Why don't you move to New York, California? You know, but I've always kind of, you know, I traveled around with Meth and Goats for for years, and you know, so I was able to see places. But I, you know, I I like being being where I'm from, being around my family, and you know, I think like there's something to say about you know being happy where you're at and being I like the idea of being from the Quad Cities and I'm I'm from the Quad Cities you know it's like uh I don't have to run to some other place to feel like I'm doing something important but you know or whatever I don't know you know it's and you know there's something to say about living in a more small town area you know it's it's more affordable for artists and musicians to rent spaces and have Mm -hmm. time to you know, I've I've known some people that have have tried as artists or musicians to move to places like LA or New York and it can be hard because you have to work, you know, so much to pay for rent and you know, right, like it, right. it leaves you a lot less create energy for creating and stuff. Yeah, I was about
1: know. to say it, it must it probably has like a, a good effect on your music and artwork. Uh as you said, not like uprooting and going somewhere else and being in a foreign state, or you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's cool to you know to move and and live somewhere different, you know, and it all depends. Different strokes for different folks, I guess. You know, I have some friends that just moved away and just like, ah, oh, I, I hate the Quad Cities. you know, oh, yeah, just like, yeah. Well, You know, there's a lot more stuff to do around here you know just in the last 10 years what they've been doing over in Davenport and Rock Island you know having like I said when I first started going to shows we had to rent a reception hall to like even be able to play Mm -hmm. and like now there's multiple music venues I mean we have two arcade bars you know a great art gallery you know a couple different great museums and you know it's it's getting to the point where the Quad Cities has much everything that you know a bigger city has yeah, as far yeah. as like you know there's a lot more stuff to do nowadays than than when when i was first coming up or even when you guys were first coming oh, for up for sure you know, yeah it's, yeah most it's, definitely it's been you know i think the only th- the only thing we really need around here is like a cool indie movie theater would be cool that wow. would be rad you know, there's a spot we used to have one back in oh the day. really was Bru- a place called broom view okay. okay. uh, yeah yeah that was in rock island where they would do uh, you know, indie movies and have bands play too and do like Big Lebowski nights. Oh nice, yeah. yeah. Indie movies. So I remember going there with my dad when I was younger. It was like packed and they were just playing like some like three stooges marathon shit or something. It was crazy. Oh, and that's what became Supper Club, you know?
1: Oh okay. Yeah. yeah. So I like the Supper Club setup. You ever play there? Uh I've I've been there. I was there once like the first Day they opened. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just like the seating and how it's uh, goes uh, downward into the stage area, and that's yeah. Then that's what when it was the theater, you know, like yeah, right yeah. above
0: where the bands would play was where they had the the screen, so you could they had seating there. Okay, where yeah. they would have like it was like kind of a. T- small little tables in between each two seat like Mm. you know normal kind of movie theater seats and then along the top there was like tables where you could sit and you could still have a good line of sight of like the movies and it's pretty cool then they they moved to the to the rocket theater that is now was the establishment theater where uh comedy sports was at but now i think it's the Center for Living Arts or something moved into okay. there. Hmm. I think they do like ballet and some other stuff. <laughs> nice. So but that, would, that's like kind of right in Rock Island, right by the Pancake House. Like around it's the place that has the big marquee that lights up and stuff. But that building's really dope too, so
1: there is like a small was it like it used to be a movie theater? Down in East Moline.
0: yeah, down in East Moline was the old, like it was like a porno theater. Oh yeah, oh it yes. was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. And yeah. then like oh, late, wow. the last person that owned it, he like sectioned
1: it off. There's like smaller viewing rooms. Wow. Instead of one big, you know, i thing we we had talked about let's go open it up, boys. Getting, opening it up, but you it. said it's like almost condemned on the inside. I or mean, something like that. it looks nice on the outside, to be honest. I like that idea. But Having a the inside a <laughs> theater of sorts that doesn't show, just like new release movies and it shows classics or like uh know, indie furniture? films yeah. and there's a lot of people around here uh that fuck with and make that kind of stuff. I'd like... That'd be cool to have, like, a venue for them to showcase their stuff. Most definitely. Locally, you know.
0: They've been doing... Uh, there's a small theater inside the Figgy that they've been doing uh, this series. You guys check out. It's They've been doing it less and less recently, but it's Cinema at the Figgy. Okay. okay. But it's ran by uh, Josh Ford, Ford okay. Photography. Okay. Josh Ford, he's a local guy. He's, he's a Moline dude, too, but he uh, he does photography and videography, and he's worked with, like, some bigger bands like like they he gets jobs where he travels all over the world basically doing like photography and video stuff but he was sponsoring uh this series at the figgy where they would do show sort of some short films and then they would do like a live musics performance that would score
1: some wow. type of video. That and then would they would cool. do a
0: feature movie. Okay. You know, so, so it, they've done, like, documentaries and also just other feature films. But, you know, I've, I think they're going to continue to do it. He's just... I think Josh is just so busy that he... Maybe that's why they don't do it all the time. But it's really cool. That The little theater they have there is really cool. It's, nice, like nice seats, and it sounds really great. It's small, but it's, it's pretty cool. And, you know, the thing about... I mean, there is a possibility to have something like that around here because the technology has gotten to the point where you can you know you can somewhat afford like a digital projector and and set up kind of like a small scale indie theater somewhere. You know, so you're not necessarily dependent on like moving into some former theater. Theater, right, right. Because a lot of those, like, there's one, there's one in downtown Moline that used to be a theater that's like right on Fourth Avenue. Like, yep, it's like surrounded by uh, these other buildings. Like third or fourth street down the Florciento neighborhood. Like, yeah, yep. And it was it was a theater back in like the '50s or maybe even maybe even before then. But wow, you know, and it's cool. It's if it's you, really easy to drive by and not see it, but it has a similar kind of you know mm-hmm. where the marquee comes. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, but I'm sure that building's probably similar. It's probably just like so old. Right. Kind of yeah, I don't know if that one's used or if anyone just used no, it. No, it's been vacant else. for years and years. Yeah. So it's. I think it's another one of those things where it's just. You know, you'd have to pour so much money into just getting the building up to code. You know. Yeah. Like, like I don't even know what the the Bruin View building that ended up being a supper club. I don't. You know, I think they built in a lot of that stuff to kind of custom make it sort of a, a theater. I think it yeah, was, yeah. I think it was just kind of an open yeah, because it's like built into the basement basically. Yeah, yeah like so. yeah. I think they, so that that might you know, interesting the way they they put that all together, and it was definitely a cool spot for a while. Hell yeah,
1: with uh, uh, Noir, uh Do you have any visuals? to the music like uh i guess you can call them music videos but you know i do some i do uh you
0: know like i've done a lot of gigs at roz talks you okay. know and they have the video projector there yeah yeah so i've done a lot of usually when i play there i have yeah like a a video that that goes right along with the music that's cool yeah you know so i'll do like so there'll be like kind of a big me singing behind me yeah, you know, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> or when I've done when I've in the past when I had like backup dancers or when Laura was in the band, like mm. they'd be in the videos too. So Nice. Uh yeah, and I've done, you know, like I've had I've used some projectors here and there for other stuff. But yeah, that's something that I that I've done with with uh Centaur Noir and also some of the other projects I've done where yeah, it's it's a cool element to add to like, you know, maybe you're not a full band, but it's like, hey, uh, you oh,
1: know, here's sure. some other visuals yeah. like to yes. sort of, you know. Well, I guess I mean uh what I meant was like I guess you could call it a music video. Have you ever put anything like out on YouTube with Yeah, yeah, I have uh I was I was telling Cody a little bit about it before this, but
0: uh I have a YouTube channel and I make music videos and stuff. I I do uh so there, you know, there's a bunch of Centaur. Noir, there's like probably too many Centaur Noir music videos out there. Right? <laughs> yeah, okay, oh, that's like, good. That's good. You yeah. know, like for one album, I made like a video for every song. Oh, that's and awesome! Man. I would yeah. like yeah, to do that, like for, like for our stuff too, just for fun. Like it's enjoyable. apparently I
1: need to do a little more research before I <laughs> co-host. <laughs> no, I, that's
0: fine. We're all we're all learning here. <laughs> <Yeah. It's> awesome <laughs> though. Yeah, you know, traveling and this journey of life, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So I, I started. You know, I started making Centaur Noir music videos, and then people were like, hey, you should make a music video for my band, and then I started doing that, and then, you know, it led to, like, a bunch of different people that I've done videos for, and I'm not, you know, I don't have very good gear, and I'm not particularly very... Well, you know, I wouldn't sell myself short. I I don't have good gear. Yeah. But, you know, it's like a lot of times, you know, the concept... The video is all about the concept and like the idea of it and doing something visually cool so it's you know it's it's you know in a lot of ways it's like bring, you know bringing music and art together in a very cool way yeah. it's like so you know i think it's it's awesome to use like to put visuals to music in a way that is is cool you know so i've i've done a lot of the music videos i've done i'll use like i started off using a lot of like public domain video collage kind of stuff so i yeah. like use some weird video i found that was like originally some psa for you know
1: <laughs> i always like yeah. those kinds of videos i mean you see that a lot nowadays with like uh certain kinds of rap these days they'll throw in like <clears throat> well i guess i see nowadays a lot of like Clips of like an anime series or something with some effect over it, so they probably don't get copyrighted or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But
0: yeah, there's you know, there's places online that you can find a lot of like public domain video yeah. stuff, and you know, so sometimes I would use a lot of that stuff and just like collage, cut and paste, and collage different stuff together. You know, maybe sometimes it's like plays off the lyrics, you yeah, know, yeah, or maybe sometimes it's just something that's visually cool you know or you know i use i use a green screen for some of it so it's like some of the videos will like i'll have like the band members in front and then put something behind them that's something i found online or created or you know it's like yeah for a while their music videos were a real big thing like about 10 years ago or so you know where it was like the the technology got there where everybody could make their own video and it was like a big thing like when there are a lot of music blogs still out there and like oh the video premiere you know right right or uh, you know but it seems like it's and it it used to be making a video used to be a way to get people to actually listen to your music uh, about ten years ago or so Mm. because Mm. uh, everybody was on their computer you know or on their phones starting to be on their phones a lot and you know it seems like nowadays uh you know not even a video like will help me get somebody to listen to my music you know it's Mm -hmm. just so it's so hard these days to like get to get people interested in like having enough attention span to like sit down and actually watch something i think a lot of that too is like you know you might watch like a 20 second video of like some stupid viral thing but like to sit down and watch you know, they don't. A lot of people don't even have the attention span to watch a, a three and a half minute music video. You right, know? right, and I'm guilty of it too because you're always kind of on the go and. Oh yeah. You know, like sure. you know, so it's and there, you know, so it it is weird to see how technology has sort of changed the way we try and get our music and our art to people. You know, and and get them to actually pay attention to it. You know, like.
1: I uh. Yeah, I personally, like, if I hear a song for the first time while watching the music video at the same time, it's like, it hits me different. I'm like, oh, this is a a fucking sick song. When, uh, you know, at another point in time, if I heard the same song without a video, it wouldn't, you know, have the same significant impact. Do you plan on uh, making any visual and music videos for this next project? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know. Nice. uh, yeah,
0: definitely make some videos, you know. Do you release your music physically? Uh, Yeah, I do, you know, mainly CDs, you know, is what I've done. I, I've done, uh, we did a, I did a tape, cassette tape, you know, but yeah, I mean, it'd be awesome to do vinyl, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, it's more expensive, you know, so CDs are, you know, kind of easy to do to get made these days, Yeah. you know, but even that, it's like, you know, it's hard to sell CDs. You right, know? right. I mainly just give them away. You know, my Bandcamp. I just have free downloads because, mm. you know, nobody, nobody buys it. Yeah. You know, but yeah, you know, I. And that, even that is changing now because, with Spotify and other streaming services, you can. Well, now you might as well just not give it away for free and charge, because. 'Cause now I I can't even give it away. People won't even download it because you can always just stream it. Right. You know, right. So I'm on I'm on Bandcamp, which is you know, so it's like people don't even it's you can download it for free but people don't download it because you can just people listen to music on their phones and they can always just stream it from there, you know.
1: Right. So that's kind of a crazy concept. <laughs>
0: it's just well and that's just you know, and that's the way technology is now with music and you know you'll you'll hear a lot from musicians like you you know you make money touring you know so Mm -hmm. you make money going out there and playing shows and selling merchandise maybe on the road but not as much you know you can't be dependent on cd sales or you know the fraction of a fraction of a penny you make off of a a spotify play you know Like, like i go through this distributor that puts all my music on itunes and and you know uh spotify and stuff and it's like I, I get it i have it i have it set up so that they send me a check every 20 dollars i make so <laughs> in like 10 years i think i've gotten like three 20 checks so it's mm. like but it's funny one came one came at like the perfect time where i was just like it was before i started working the record store so i didn't have a job for a little while and i was like i got a 20 dollar check for my distributor and i was like cool I'm gonna go. nice yeah I'm yep. gonna go buy Ripples some up. buy some booze yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? it's not yeah. all for nothing i'm going to the bar tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know dad's got a social life <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> with being so involved in music and art and uh, do you think you ever uh, maybe in the future like pursue other fields i know you're into cooking and you do film and stuff too a bit like is there anything else like you think you'd want to uh, get into that you haven't ever gotten into well you know uh, i would like to get into producing podcasts actually Ooh, is one thing that yes. I, have, I have wanted to do because as a storyteller and as like kind of, uh, I archive sort of like to archive history and music. So it's like the idea of like interviewing somebody and, and that's something I've been into the yeah, idea of yeah. doing that, you know, like, uh, I do this, uh, band camp called the Quad Cities Music Archive. Okay. Oh, okay. And, uh, so it's, yeah, it's, quad cities music archive bandcampcom but it's a uh, it's just all a collection of bands from basically the only requirement is that you a uh, band or musician you just have to not be that band or making music as that musician anymore so it's uh, and it's all free so I get I get the I get the okay from different bands and wow, friends yeah. of mine so it's like I mean there's probably I don't know how many, over 50 albums up there or something. But cool. it's something that I really need to add a lot more to. But it's music dating back to, like, late 80s, early 90s, all the way through the... Oh,
1: that's rad, through yeah. Through
0: the 2000s, so it's, like, that's a bunch awesome. of old... All, punk. like,
1: this area, too. Yeah, it's all, awesome. all
0: Quad Cities, so it's all, like, punk and indie and...
1: How long have you been uh, running
0: that? Uh, that? You know, a couple years, four years, maybe, okay. something like that. It's been around a while. That's awesome.
1: Shit, probably... Might, Might have, have to have five add a couple
0: years. <laughs> yeah, six right. Years. We got some more for you, maybe. Yeah. I know. I know. I need to get more people to to send me stuff because there's a lot of you know, bands break up every day. You know, right. And yeah. Boom. You're on the archive. <laughs> yep, yep. But you know, so it's you know, because I, I tried to do something like that before Bandcamp came around, and it was like a blog spot where I would like host the MP3s on this free MP3 hosting website, and then. With limited knowledge of it, HTML kind of build this blog wow, you know and that's it just goes to show you know how much technology changes the way we try and get music out there because then bandcamp came along and it's such a you know it's a free site where you can just upload multiple albums so it just the platform to do an archive like that came about uh just in a, a perfect way to present it, you know? So hopefully Bandcamp sticks around for a while, you know? Right, so. yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're great. Um, seems like you have probably uh, witnessed a lot of change over the years that you've been doing it, uh, just from what, the late 90s, early 2000s and stuff, which is... Yeah, I mean, the tri the first, the master recording of the first demo we recorded is on a cassette tape, you know? Oh, so was wow, like, yeah. even before it was like, wait, you, burn a cd <laughs> yeah. what right what? right does it with fire <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <like. laughs> uh, Lasers? know lasers <laughs> lasers but no yeah so uh i the idea would, would be to to do a like a quad city music archive kind of podcast where i'd interviewed guys right. from bands from the yeah. old bands and shit yeah and then play some of their music so it would tie in with the music archive and sort of have them you know, because I'm friends with a lot of the guys, so it'd just be like shooting the shit, and hanging out, and being like, yeah, oh yeah, tell me, you know, tell me the craziest story, you know, right? Just stuff like that. Yeah, really. Awesome yeah, the, the, the band trivia,
1: that. band some fun facts. Writing this too. down, Cody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: you guys gonna steal my idea? <laughs> you can just do it through the Mob
1: Channel. It could be a I segment mean, yeah. of. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's
0: kind of already what you guys are doing. You know, it just you know, as far as you guys, almost like current. Yeah, and, yeah, we're just basically current, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: stuff, but, yeah. and yeah. I was about to say when you when you mentioned looking into. Doing something like that, because we were talking about ASMR right before this. As soon as you started talking, I was like, "Man, this guy's got the greatest voice for like a You'd like it's good, really soothing yeah, voice, man. Good hosting voice for sure. I feel like yeah, I'd listen to that shit. Yeah. Well, thank you.
0: Podcasting, <laughs> is, yeah. Podcasting is super fun. It's been great. So yeah, I'm I'm big in I'm big into, into podcasting. You know, I got into podcasts like. Really early on, like you know, so I'm into, I'm into, like, uh, like I said, you know, film and movies and uh, podcasts and you know, just all you know, stand up comedy. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that sort of size. So you know, I, mm-hmm. I sort of ingest it and just like to, to listen to it all, you know, so yeah, you know, it's like I've, you know, I got into podcasts when. They were called radio shows, right. you yep. know, and and I remember like me and Talbot actually. Talbot would always get mad like, "What is it called a podcast? Do I have to listen to it on an iPod?" You know what I mean, that's why they're called what? podcasts, right? Oh, is that, what's that, that's what it dates back to. Right? I think it was because they I were all it all on an iPod. iPod. You yeah. listen to them on your iPods. Wow, so I didn't
1: know that. I pretty think that's sure what it
0: is. I'm pretty sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. We'll just I say mean, that. I Someone get the in cast the comments can tell us but, if we're uh, dumb or not. Yeah. <laughs> I get the cast part. I never knew that though. I think yeah. it's
0: something like that. You cause... know, it's 2019, and I still I have bumped into people that are like, "What's a podcast?" I'm like, but then I'm like, "How do really? I describe it?" I'm like, oh, so "I guess it's like a yeah. radio show, internet radio." But then I feel weird saying like, "Oh, we're on air right now. This is a radio show." It's like we're in my living yeah. room just talking. <laughs> yeah, because you know, I I remember listening to you know This American Life and you know Prairie Home Companion and different radio shows that were on the public radio station back you know before podcasts existed you know and yeah it's just funny like uh they just they did uh hbo did a a new take on the adnan Syed syed serial podcast story Mm. and they were interviewing one of the gals that went to high school there and she was talking about when the podcast for serial first came out she was like yeah like Nobody had ever heard of a podcast before the serial thing came out, and it was just like, no, it was. I mean, you hadn't. But I mean, that's, just, that's an example of how like that particular podcast definitely threw podcasts into sort of the mainstream. Yeah. I mean, along with like a lot of like sports radio podcasts, I think, and mm-hmm. you know, people, you know, famous people that would started doing podcasts, you know. But oh yeah, but yeah, it is definitely still you know yeah and podcasts are definitely it's another example of art and entertainment and technology and how it's it's always sort of changing and developing and doing different stuff you know like you know day trotter Mm -hmm. that uh Mm -hmm. you know they were around you know when when that first first started coming out when there was lots of music blogs and uh you know that they just recently shut down their operations in davenport you know yeah And, you know, a lot of that's just because things change, you know, like back when Sean came up with that idea, it was like cutting edge and new and different and tons of bands would come to do it because that was when like you, it's like, okay, you come do this special session you just put this music up for free for people to, it was such a great promotional tool for bands, Oh yeah. you know, that like, but you know, nowadays it's, you know, uh, I think streaming services like Spotify and iHeartRadio and stuff like that kind of has, it just... Goes to show you how, you know, technology, things change so quick nowadays, right, you know, right. where Daytrotter was like a website that was like, you know, because then they got into doing video, live video feeds. I've stuff, seen some of those, yeah. You know, as a way to kind of switch up what they were doing to get more eyeballs on, on, the, on their site. And it just, yeah, it's, things change really quick in this new sort of realm of technology and media, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, they should have done a podcast. <laughs> day Trotter podcast. Uh, well, uh, now look at them. <laughs> I remember <laughs> back in the day, uh back in the day, I mean, some years ago, we, when Mixtapes was in East Moline, um, the, at the storefront, after we got done, I was in a band called Crickerus, and after we got done playing a show, we went back, and do you know Ian Hare? Ian Harris. He, Harris yeah on Facebook yeah I knew that before until I started seeing the name on Facebook I was like is it just hair uh, he recorded Wait, us how and it, it was for a thing called Night Trotter and I don't know if that was like a different deal and if, if there was like some sort of are you talking about Ian like how is it
0: spelled like is it spelled differently Ian or on Facebook on it's e- Facebook
1: he is Eon, hair. Eon yeah. That's
0: isn't that uh, shout out to Dasha isn't that her boyfriend yeah I think yeah yeah it's Dasha's boyfriend yeah. that's what I thought yeah
1: yeah, well, to, yeah.
0: what's funny is yeah he was him and his older brother Billy and JT yeah, they were kind of part of that Night Trotter thing which was okay. just sort of a spoof on Day Trotter it yeah, yeah. was like originally meant to just be like kind of a fun jabbing at them kind of thing but then grew to be kind of this contentious thing where like, really you it became contentious. Wow. And, well and I think a lot of it was just like Sean and Day Trotter and then like the guys that did Night Trotter were the ones that took all of it the least serious. Yeah, You know, it was more people that were like other bystanders that were like, oh, right. did you see what they did? Oh, did yeah, for sure. right, you know, like, right. So a lot of the drama was just kind of invented. Okay, <laughs> But, you know, I mean, that's and that's nothing new. That's like, you know, spoofing art and imitating it or, you know. But, you know, the irony of that, too, is I guess it's irony. I mean, yeah, it's irony is that, you know, Ian ended up working for Daytrotter, you know. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, so that's right. Ian yeah. was the the last of a line of you know two or three different audio engineers that worked for them you know so i was about to
1: say i don't think i've played uh maybe two shows in the last like five years where he wasn't the sound guy <laughs> or, you know what i'm saying and yeah yeah he's you know because he's that's how he got his start at mixtapes
0: you know and then he he did sound at rostox for years and years yeah
1: and, yeah, yeah he's, he's awesome i like uh he recorded shout out to Ian because he recorded like our, I don't know if it was four or five track EP It was he was like, just $15 <laughs> I think we only got like 10 to him to be honest, Jesus. I'm like really, we can't even get an extra five in here for this <laughs> but,
0: well thank uh, you for that Ian yeah, right. yeah, Ian rules, he's hes a, a unique character in the Quad <gasps> City scene, I met him first when, because I knew Billy, his older brother I met him. We played a a house show, Meth and Goats at Billy's parents' house, and so I met Ian when he was like ten or something. You know, oh wow! Or yeah. Something. Wow. I was like, "Who is this kid?" You know, like <laughs> he's always been Ian. Like he's he's a he's a cool dude for sure. He he comes in the record store all the time, so I see
1: him all the time. Nice. Hell yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, that's what's up. But yeah, him him and Dasha, I think they're gonna move. Looks like they're moving to Chicago. Yeah, right? that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. Yep. which is cool. You know, he's definitely you know she's very talented photographer and you know he's got a hell of a resume for recording bands and stuff we were just like uh, yeah he was just in the shop the other day we were talking about you know the different ideas he has as far as like getting up there and trying to like get connected to some people nice recording yeah. studio people you know that's what's up man what do you think uh the future looks like for Centaur Noir and, and John Burns yourself just art music whatever or what do you want it to look like uh yeah just keep keep creating stuff you know uh i'm doing the show in august and then kind of looking forward to just like taking a deep breath but i probably won't i'll probably just find some other project to like dig into Mm -hmm. you know so i mean i'll probably i had to cut off the portraits for choice submissions but i think i'm going to pick them back up in september so i'll do probably do some more of those you know and and uh you know, probably after this art show in August, I'm going to dig into starting to record and work on the new lineup for Centaur Noir. So practicing with with uh, the new singers and recording stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to invest in some... Because I kind of want to have my own little setup to record right. vocals into and just sort of be able to sit there and pour over it. So, you know, that and... I don't know. It's always something. You know? you, oh. do you ever hope to like quit your day job to do it or? Uh, that's probably not realistic. You know? mm-hmm. It would be nice. You know, I was unemployed for a little while where I was able to to do a lot of art for for that little amount of time, which which was nice because then once I, because it is hard. You know, you work a full time job even if you know it's. I'm just I just work at the record store, which usually it's not too physically taxing, but you know sometimes it is cuz records are heavy mm-hmm. you know and it's like oh we got to move all these records from here to here you know and right but you know just having to work any any job for 40 hours a week uh, you know after that it, it can be hard to find the time and energy to to create stuff you know but mm-hmm. uh but it I seems I, like you're very focused you've been able to say, it seems be like prolific you with your work
1: well. <laughs> roll going here yeah
0: yeah and that's like yeah besides like the labor's part of it it's still kind of like a creative job in a sense like we were saying earlier it's you could be inspired just by working there and talking to cool people like ian and shit yeah and yeah definitely you know and and you know if a lot of some of the jobs i you know like i just you know designing posters i just i've designed a couple of different posters in the last couple of weeks and I've, I've got one that i'm designing for uh this band tripmaster monkey they were they were around in the 90s and they they were on like a major label they were on Sire Records I think hmm. you know they they put out a they were like kind of a big deal and uh they just recently recorded got back together to re- write and record another album and uh they recorded at Pat Studio downstairs from the record store and that, you know i just got a message from one of them today about i'm going to design a poster for them and oh yeah you know so so a lot of it, a lot of all this is you know everything's intertwined as far as like design and art and music and yeah definitely you, the more you do it the more you get out there and meet people it leads to different stuff you know and different commissioned work right and stuff,
1: i was about you know. to say do you do uh like commissioned pieces like if somebody hey yeah. i need an album cover i like your work and yeah, I've done
0: stuff like that. I've done portrait, family portraits and commissioned all sorts of different commission stuff, you know. Nice. Yeah. you know the idea of quitting your day job? It's kind of hard because a lot of a lot of the a lot of the art I sell and the commission pieces I do are for a lot are for like a lot of friends that don't have a lot of money, so I don't charge a lot of money. Right, right. Where like somebody other people might charge a lot more. You know, like sometimes I go to gallery shows around here and see how much other people charge for art. And I'm just like, whoa, Mm. Yes. You know, like, geez, I should charge that much. But (laughs) yeah, but I, you know, I've been at it long enough to where it's like, you, you find this sweet spot maybe of like, you know, because for a while people would, you know, artists will tell you like, oh, well you have to charge more because otherwise people won't think it's worth anything. Right. Right. It's like, well, that's a crock of shit, Mm -hmm. you know, because like, you know, like I just feel like, that leads to people just like charging way too much for their art. And then they probably don't end up selling any of it. Anyway. Right, right. So yeah. My whole motto, my whole thing is like, I, I try to charge the least amount as possible. And then at the last minute, I decide. I'm going to charge even less than that. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, practically yeah. giving it away. Right. Or same you try with the music, it, with the art, it's like, you know, nice. yeah, you yeah. can try a spectrum and you got some cheap shit and then some high dollar. You're going to drop a grand on this Porsche or something, <laughs> you know? And then I, I,
1: and then I donate half of it to charity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So
0: it's do, like,
1: do you ever think about, or did you ever think about, uh, have you ever thought about like an online, store of some sort for your artwork or do you think that would take away from like showings and yeah there are some i need i should look into more stuff like that because
0: there are some places that will do they'll like sell prints of your art yeah and take a cut and i've heard some of them are, are pretty you can make some money off of them and it's it's sort of a decent deal you know like but yeah it's kind of if i were ever to do that it would probably I'd probably do it through some type of a distributor. Oh, would you? Okay. You know, I as opposed you. to, you know, like I have a website and I have kind of a web store, you know, but it's like, it's hard to get anybody outside of who Traffic you know to like right? really pay attention to stuff. I gotcha. Yeah. That's awesome though. So, Oh yeah. Well, thank you for being here. It's been yeah. great. Yeah. Thanks. So yeah. Uh, actually- let them know again. We got the art show coming up here on the yeah, second, w- the second, the second Friday August 2nd from 6 to 9 at DeSoto studio uh, I have prints, original pieces for sale there would be snacks and drinks free to the public all ages you know uh, it's at DeSoto gallery 2324 3rd Avenue uh, yeah hell yeah What are there for sure shout out some of your uh, links you got we'll your website there. and all the social shit uh, yeah artajonburns.com uh john dot com uh i'm on youtube uh youtube.com backslash john burns video or johnny b videos i can't remember what it is (laughs) i think if you search youtube john burns video it'll come up but uh yeah you know check out quad city music archive oh yeah bandcamp.com tons of tons of artists on there yeah if you've broken up recently <laughs> submit your shit yeah, yeah. Yes. you got instagram or uh, oh yeah i'm on instagram centaur noir on instagram awesome. uh, twitter, twitter centaur noir all that shit yeah Hell that's yeah. a good thing about also choosing a unique band exactly name mm-hmm. to, that's a problem it's like sometimes people to, every social link is different it's like mm. yeah. i like how uh what it's like donald trump his his uh his Twitter handle is the real Donald Trump. And it's like, the joke is like, this guy claims to be such a great
1: deal maker. He couldn't even negotiate getting his own <laughs> Twitter a, yeah, handle. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. You know, yeah like. Definitely. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I seen the bagel. I don't know if you seen the bagel boss guy. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. This this guy freaking out in a bagel shop. I don't know if he's a genius or not, but he's got a bunch of social media so, uh, you know, sites now the bagel boss, the real bagel boss, and stuff. I think he's just trying to get laid or something. Well, like he, at this point, constantly he's probably, but he's never going to. <laughs> with that attitude, so. if bagels can't get you lucky, exactly, you must be doing something wrong. I'm
0: talking everything bagel. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, goddamn incels Bagels
1: and some, everything bagel and some cream cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Hell thanks yeah. for being on, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. Anything
0: you. else? Do we? I think we covered a lot. But. I, so. I think we got it all. Yeah. Hell yeah? That's it. That's it. Alright, we're Done. Get out of here.
1: Alright. Good day. Thank you, sir. Dismissed.
0: Peace out. Dismissed.